following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. It's that time. It's that time. Your boys are here. And <laughs> ball time. You are in the Players' Lounge. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys. Beat reporter along with Barry Church, former Cowboys defensive back, and Danny McRae, former Cowboys defensive back. We're also getting you set for Cowboys-Rams week one at the new SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. All right, guys. It's here. Kansas City, Houston tonight. Kansas City, the Super Bowl champions here. Um, I I don't know about you guys, but I am going to get in front of the TV, and I don't want to be bothered. Church, what about you? (laughs) Oh, I don't want to be bothered at all. I'm going to go into my little man cave, got my whole football setup situation going on there. No kids coming in, no wife coming in. I mean, it's solely football. It's finally back. Man, I just, I just can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, look, hey, hey, Church, Church, I like that you dressed for the weather, the cool front that came in, man. I see you with the sweater. Oh, you, you like what I got? You like, you like what I got going on over here, man? <laughs> listen, yeah, listen. I'm a little torn, man. I, I, I'm excited for football, and I'm definitely going to be tuned in. But I gotta watch Serena and I gotta watch LeBron. Oh. So I'll be flipping between channels, man. I, I, every commercial break, I'm switching from a different sport. We watch the Serena with the best tennis player ever to live. We got LeBron, one of the greatest, and then we got football on. So I got a packed schedule for my TV today. Hey, 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 no, hold no on. No Netflix. Play. No Netflix. No, no Netflix. You just gonna forget about the Dallas Stars? Just like that. Dallas Stars taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Game three, pivotal game three tonight in Edmonton on NBCSN. I'll be tuned into that too. No, so I'll be, I'll no, be no, no, no. Yes. No, I'm from, I'm from, I'm from Houston. We don't have a professional hockey team, so uh, I didn't really grow <laughs> up on that. Shout out to the stars. I, I hope they get the dub, but but that's not nothing that I'm watching. <laughs> our, our hockey team was like a, one of those semi-pros, and I don't even think they play anymore. <laughs> your your hockey team down there was the Houston Arrows, so that was your team yeah. down there. But okay, uh, okay. The star- the Stars had uh, Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott speak to the team last year, so the Stars are Cowboys fans here, and look, let's, let, let's just keep it real right now. We haven't had a, a team in Dallas-Fort Worth go this far, the, the major pro sports here, top four, go this far in eons here. We're talking about the Western Conference Finals, so the Stars are three wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup. So I'm into it. I know you, you, Danny, you say you're not there, but go ahead. Let's we, we, we jump on board. Stars taking everybody who wants to roll with them. Okay, <laughs> jump on board. Church, I know you're a Pittsburgh guy. You know about those Penguins, so, so you understand this. But really, I mean, to get to the Western Conference, imagine what this city would be right now if the Cowboys were in the NFC Championship game. I mean, that's where the Stars are at right now. They're right there, three wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup to win it all. And tonight's game three pivotal because if the Stars win, they can go up two to one. So, yes, I'm hyped about football, but obviously, you know, my job working over as as a main sports guy at NBC5 here in Dallas, I'm excited because if the Stars do win, um, man, the Stanley Cup's going to be on our station. Unfortunately, I can't go. Go ahead. I'm putting you on the spot, though. Can can you give us a rank for, like, which one is most important for for what you'll be watching tonight? Ooh. You know, mm. I, I can him, go ahead and put him on a hot seat. I mean, well, well, see, here's the great thing. I don't have to do the six o'clock TV show. Tonight. 
So I can sit up here, set this bad boy up, and watch them both. Now, I, I'm into the Houston game because I've got Deshaun Watson. That's my quarterback. So, mm. so I got to watch that. That's, that's my quarterback. That's my team. All right, T.O. All right, T.O. <laughs> <And, and, and laughs> don't set a tear on us, man. <laughs> and, and obviously, you see behind me, I got the fantasy football trophy. So the defense starts tonight. So I will be watching Deshaun Watson heavily and also watch the stars and Vegas Golden Knights game. So I can multitask. I've done this job, you know, since you guys were, were in diapers. I've been doing this job. So so I know how to multitask and get both things in there. So, but I will not be watching LeBron. So I won't be watching that. Um, or, or Serena? Keep it there. Um, Serena, I can catch on my phone. So gotcha. I got the okay. app on. Just so, so no, I'm, I I'm, won't be watching me, Serena. I'm, I'm, I'm balancing both. Uh, you know, I, I love Serena. This is another great opportunity for her. I mean, look, she didn't have that many chances to go ahead and get these major championships in. So you got to get them in while you can. And, and you know, glad Serena won't do something as dumb as Novak Djokovic did when he got himself kicked out Ooh. of the U.S. Open by hitting that, hitting that lines person with the ball in the hey, throat. Hey, he caught, I mean, what he he caught it her was an accident. in the throat. He caught it was her an in the throat. <laughs> I thought it was a flop at first, and then I saw it, I was like, nah, he, he hit him pretty hard. <laughs> Yes, yes. Right yes. to the so jugular. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go go bye-bye. And, and the crazy thing for him, and I know some of you Cowboy fans are tennis fans, but but I am a tennis fan. This this road was basically a gimme major because Nadal and Federer decided they didn't want to play. Nadal's like, man, I don't want to deal with this COVID stuff. So you know, those three are basically the guys winning the major. So Novak Djokovic had a, had a clear, clear opportunity to win it. But, oh, well, mm. go out there and do stupid things, which, which kind of is mm-hmm. interesting mm. because I think about what Mike McCarthy said yesterday in his press conference where he said, hey, these first games, mm. uh, more teams are beating themselves than actually losing them in, in week one. Um, your thoughts on, on what Mike McCarthy said about that is, hey, look, fellas, let's not go out here and beat ourselves Sunday night against the Rams. McCray? This, this, is, this, is, this is true. I like that he said it. This is what I was uh, trying to say about special teams. Go out here, do what you're supposed to do, right? And if, if you get beat, get beat because the other team was better than you or the game plan or something was better than yours. Don't come out here throwing interceptions, fumbling, giving the game away on silly mistakes. All right. So just focus on what you have to do. Uh, take care of the easy things in the game and take care of yourself. And then you can get in there and review the film, you know, for next weekend and fix something. Right. But don't go out here and just have turnovers and silly mistakes, blown coverages and out here looking like a raggedy team. man. just just come out here and be focused and ready to play. Yeah, I, I can get with him on on this uh, statement right here because, I mean, we've seen it time and time again early on in seasons uh, with sloppy play. I mean, penalties going on here and there and uh, missed tackles, a lot of that being happening. But I do feel like these first couple of weeks will be sloppy. I mean, there wasn't an OTAs, there wasn't a mini camp. Um, the, the training camp was abbreviated. And then um, it's, and with training camp, you didn't get to go against other competition. I mean, when I was playing, we had, you know, the Rams used to come down for a couple uh, practices before we played them in this preseason game. So I feel as though there's going to be a lot of sloppy play for these first couple weeks, but I can get behind him with that saying, hey, we got to just, we can't beat ourselves because too many times last year, I mean, the Cowboys started out slow. I mean, there's so many, there's countless games we can name where the Cowboys started out slow and yes, ended up biting them did. in the butt in the end. So, uh, so definitely could get behind in what he said right there as far as uh, not hurting ourselves. The, the, the good thing is the advantage is to the offense. The, the defense has not been able to tackle, be physical, do any of that for almost a, a full year. So the advantage is to the offense, there will be a lot of broken tackles. People getting ran over trying to get their feet underneath them for the first game because they just hadn't really been able to do it. So those slow starts should be fixed at least at the beginning of the season. 
All right, let me let me ask both of you guys th this question here because I don't think we've talked about it enough. Is the fact that not only the Cowboys coming in with a new defensive coordinator, the Rams are too. The Rams ended up uh, running off Wade Phillips, who took them uh, to a Super Bowl two years ago, and in fact, I thought had an amazing game plan, limited New England to just 13 points, and I put that off that loss on Sean McVay and his offense in the Super Bowl because Wade gave you get, get your defense gets just 13 points to Tom Brady and company. You're supposed to go ahead and win that football game. So, what about the fact we got two different defenses, uh, two two defenses with new coordinators? And Barry, what you talked about here, there's been no tactics here and now we got guys trying to learn learn uh, new systems your, your thoughts on what we could see defensively for both teams well defensively uh, like I mentioned earlier I think it's going to be extremely sloppy at least for the first you know half maybe the first three quarters um, until people get their feet underneath them I mean like you said or like uh, McCray said when there was no mini camp no OTAs, nothing like that those are the times where you get to actually you know kind of thud up and do contact that way and kind of bring people down to the turf but without those opportunities i mean training camp was limited and even with training camp there was very few contact practices so i feel as though um the start of these games will be extremely sloppy but it's going to be the team who's more disciplined in my opinion that's going to walk away with the w but uh with both of these schemes being new um, it's going to be pretty difficult for not only rookies but veterans. I mean, they haven't had that much time to go out there and really practice these new schemes. So I'm interested to see what uh, these defenses can accomplish tonight. Or, I'm sorry, on Sunday. Yes, same, same here. Uh, secondary to me, I think, is, a, is a, a, a disadvantage. I think the D-line should roll just like they normally do, and they should be able to, to, to still get a pass rush and, and hopefully stop the run. But I think the big the big question mark will be on the secondaries for the beginning of the season just because, like you said, hadn't been able to open field tackle. They hadn't really been able to play balls against top receivers because you don't want to get your receivers hurt going 100, 100 miles per hour trying to defend passes. So this will be a, a quick, a big wake-up call. And for those rookies, they hadn't played this fast before. So this will be something for them to catch up to. So, you know, it, it'll be a learning curve, but I think by week three or four, they'll be caught up and they'll be okay. You are checking out the Players' Lounge. I'm Newey Scruggs, joined by former <laughs> Dallas Cowboys defensive backs Barry Church and Danny McRae. We're brought to you by Hotels.com. So let's stay talking about the secondary. Let's jump onto the over, uh, other side. Uh, with the Rams. Now, we all know about Jalen Ramsey and his excellences. He's been in the National Football League. He got his big contract. But the guy, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm looking at is, is a gentleman named Troy Hill, their left corner. And I checked out his stats from last year. He had just two interceptions, but, you know, I can't sit around here sniffing two interceptions. Um, only nine starts. And this is his fifth season in the league. So to me, if I'm Dak Prescott, whoever Jalen Ramsey's got, Jalen Ramsey's going to be over there with that guy. I'm looking over here and checking out uh, left corner Troy Hill. Your thoughts on that, Church? Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. If I'm, if I'm Dak Prescott, when I break the huddle, I'm, I'm looking where 20 is at at all times. I mean, if he's on the right side versus Amari, on the left side versus Gallup, I'm pretty much shying away from him especially after he got all that money, he's feeling pretty confident right now. Um, but I'm interested about the guy you brought up, uh, uh, Troy Hill, I think his name was. Uh, he doesn't yes. have a lot of starts. It doesn't have a lot of starts because, you know, they, they, they recommend or they say starts are, you know, base packages or whatever. But he has had a lot of burn at that nickel slot position. So he's an experienced player, um, but last year he was known to give up a lot of big plays, a lot of double moves and a lot of streaks down the sideline. So he, he is a player I feel like Dak Prescott can attack when it comes to 
to this Rams secondary, but um, I mean, he's the only one I pretty much feel like that because they're two safeties. Um, you have the young kid, uh, Tyler Rapp, I believe his name is, and then you also have number 43 Johnson out there. They're both kind of ball hawk safeties. They're interchangeable. So those are guys that you kind of want to stay away from as well. But Troy Hill, I definitely think uh, Dak Prescott should be putting him on his uh, target list. Let, let, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. We better not be trying to stay away from nobody, all right? We've been touting up this offense for the entire season. We got three 1,000-yard receivers. I don't want to hear nothing about staying away from Jalen Rand. He got $100 million. Coop got $100 million. Thank God he was at practice, practicing full uh, yesterday. So I, that, that should be a battle. You can't go. You can't pay a guy $100 million and then say we're not going to throw to him just because he has a top corner on him. No way. If that's how you're going to go throughout the season, you should have never paid him. You see, you, see, you see what happened when the Cowboys were stubborn. You saw when they left Chaz Green out there, stubborn, not going to help him. We, we, we don't listen to that. But Chad, listen to no but he, Go ahead and try Jalen. Go, yeah, I'm just saying. Listen, I'll tell you that Chaz, Chaz Green ain't getting paid $100 million. <laughs> if, if, that's, if, that's, if that's the way that you have to treat your top receiver who you paid $100 million, you paid the wrong guy. They don't do that to DeAndre Hopkins. They don't do that to the other top receivers out there. They're going to get their burn, and they're going to battle. Julio Jones and C. Patrick Peterson, Jalen Ramsey, all those guys, he still is going to get thrown at. Like, he's still going to get thrown at. We can, if, if Amari Cooper come out of here and they throw the ball at him two times, that is an epic fail. And you can expect to okay, see that for so, the entire season every time. All right, all right. So so you say that, but, but we've got – okay, here we got Troy Hill. All right, the backups. The backups are – Darius Williams, who's been in the league two years, zero interceptions, no starts, and then David Long Jr., your other corner, three years, two interceptions, only three starts. So you're telling me that if you're Dak Prescott, you want to sit up here and let's go, let's go at Ramsey when you've got other no, guys that you can go ahead and no, get? No, 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 okay. no. I, I promise you, I'm not saying that. I'm saying search is like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't even look over there at 20. And I'm like, you, you, you better at some time, right? You're just going to throw the ball to Gallup and CD the whole game? Like, oh, Amari Cooper still has to show up. He is your playmaker, right? You can't just say, like, he can't be neutralized uh, in a game plan. A defensive coordinator can't say, every time we put our best corner on them, if they top notch, they're not going to throw this way so we can scheme our defense to go look at the other guys. Like, you, you shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, you know, don't go in heel. They should focus on, they should, they should focus on, uh, you know, taking advantage of that mismatch. But Coop should not disappear in this game plan just because Ramsey is on him. And he's on my fantasy team, so I hope it, so I hope it doesn't happen. I, no, there, there we go. He's on your fantasy team. So I remember, uh, this was many years ago, but you, you guys were, you know, it was Sunday Night Football. Cowboys opened up against the Jets. And it was, uh, it was up there. And in the end, you know, the Cowboys had the ball, and Romo threw it, threw it Revis. Revis Island. Revis picked it all. And I just immediately said to myself, why go at Revis, man? You know, just just here's one of the best around here. Why do it? And if that, think Jim no, that, is one of the okay, okay, you go ahead, go ahead. Church. That I mean, that, that was bad. I right? listen, ro, listen, Church. You remember that? Because I just, I think oh, I, I just caused the fumble. I, I just caused the oh, yeah. fumble. <laughs> Revis, Revis was playing two man on this, two man, and, and Romo threw a seven route that turned kind of into a. It was a it's a bad throw. It's a bad decision. You just you know throw it. You throwing it the whole game. Explain to the viewers. <laughs> Explain to the viewers what, what two man is. So just so they know. So 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 so, so essentially. Essentially, two man is a double team. So you have a cornerback, cornerback who was Revis, who was the best corner at the time, playing underneath. He doesn't even have to stay on top of Dez, and he can just break on all the underneath routes with a safety over the top. So essentially, 
Tony Romo threw that into a uh, into a uh, double coverage, and it got picked off, and we ended up losing that game, which we should have won. But but it, it, but listen, he was he was still he was still throwing at Dez though. Uh, you know, he, he didn't just go away from him because Reeves was on him. Dez still made some plays. So Amari Cooper, don't disappear, please. I need you to get some points for my, for my fantasy team, please. I'm praying for you, baby. I'm praying. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. I, don't know. I think so, it'll be another uh, New England night. See, that's not good stop for your starting receiver, it. man. It. It's not good. No, you cannot second this. You can tell me that you don't expect Amari Cooper to catch passes and uh, and make some plays on Jalen Ramsey. It just sounds like it's so down. Like Jalen uh, Jalen Ramsey, so don't throw to him. It just sounds so bad. I'm just sitting here saying mm-hmm. that if I see Cooper Ramsey and, and, and I'm looking over here at – Troy Hill or or Darius Williams or David Long Jr. Well, I'm going to sit up here and check. Hey, what's Gallup got? If, if he'll probably, you know, some one-on-one coverage with Gallup. I'm sitting over here looking at CD Blake Jarwin. I mean, I'm just thinking you've you're going to have. Some, it is about going to the mismatch. Hell no, no, you, you should. I, I'm saying he should not disappear. You should not just go away from him the entire game. Is what I'm saying. Yes, you should look to exploit mismatches. Go at rookies. Go at guys who haven't got much playing time. But he should not. It should not be a Gilmore game. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I, all I know is I'm expecting Michael Gallup to have a huge game. Michael Gallup and Blake Jarwin. I expect these two to have real good games. If I'm, if I'm chalking Blake up Jarwin. Doing a, Let's go. If I'm doing right, if I'm doing a fantasy lineup for helping anybody out there, I would tell you you should play Gallup and you should play Jarwin and Zeke because I think those are going to be the three guys that, that eat. Those three guys I think are really going to eat. So there you if, go. If, listen, if, 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 if you expect to three one thousand yard receivers, oh yeah, no oh, yeah, because he on your. T- <laughs> I knew you before. I mean, three, my tight ends were terrible last year. If you expect the three one thousand yard receivers, then you should be expecting a lot from everybody in this fantasy lineup, right? So I never said. That, I never said that. Uh, hey, look, I, I never said <laughs> three one thousand yard receivers. I've never said that. And I actually saw Michael Irvin, our boy Michael, last night on on NFL Network, saying that the Cowboys would have three one thousand yard receivers, and that Zeke would have. Um, a thousand yards, and then he even said somebody would have fifteen hundred yards. Uh, I mean, it was. Oh, they Mike must have. They must there, have three like, footballs out there or something. Right, right. I'm like, I don't know, Michael, what are you talking about? How, how, what kind of math are you doing? Where you gonna say three one thousand yard receivers, and you got a thousand yard running back, uh, possibly fifteen hundred yards from, some, from from one of the three here? I, 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 hey, I don't get it. I don't get it. But well, the um, way the way y'all talk about Coop, he he's not gonna sniff a thousand. <laughs> I didn't say that. We ain't say all that. We ain't say all that. All, all I'm going to say was, hey, every, every, uh, every uh, away you know, game. <laughs> He's got three. Hey, those are facts, game. though. Those are facts, <laughs> though. We've seen it. We've seen the tape of the away games. I mean, we, it's proven facts. New York Jets, New England Patriots. I mean, the list goes on. <laughs> all right, man. I'm we, just saying. We, you got to know it. <laughs> we know. Okay, we know Cooper's going to have three games where you say, hmm, this could be a pretty good, tough matchup for him. This one against the Rams and Jalen Ramsey and the two that he's got against Darius Slay with the Eagles now. Those are three games I'm looking at and I'm saying, okay, hmm, hmm. So, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, this is why we do this show. I like this show because we, we have differing opinions here. Um, for, for McCray, it's just so obvious. He's so biased because it's all about his fantasy team. <laughs> I, I have a dog in this fight for my fantasy no, team. No, listen. None. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If we paid him 100 million, 
that he should produce against top the top quarterbacks. That's all I'm saying. That that's what we that's expect legitimate. from him. I don't expect that that's legitimate. That's a legitimate concern, but I'm also saying if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm sitting around here trying to find the easier matchups, which I can explore <laughs> and go down the field. We got to take a break. Our first break right here on the Players Lounge with Danny McCray and Barry Church. I'm Nui Scruggs. This show brought to you by Hotels.com. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. Players' Lounge on a on a, a football Thursday. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs defending their Super Bowl title tonight at Arrowhead Stadium against the Houston Texans. So we'll be definitely checking that game out here. I'm Newey Scruggs. Covered the Cowboys long time, long, long time. I want to start dating myself. But I go back to when Jimmy was coaching the team and the Cowboys were training down in Austin at St. Ed's University. And we got two former Cowboy uh, cornerbacks here, defensive backs, uh, Danny McCray and Barry Church. I say safeties, not corners. So mm. we have cornerback, and I was, said corner because I'm leading into this, cornerback Jordan Lewis <laughs> showed up at practice today. He's missed three weeks of high ankle sprain. He is your best slot corner. The Rams roll out Cooper Cup, who likes to operate in that slot there. So, gentlemen, do you expect to see Jordan Lewis out there on Sunday against the Rams for game one? Uh, absolutely. Um, like I said, like we said yesterday, 
as long as he's able to be out there for practice during the passing periods, which, are, which usually happen on Thursday and Friday, he can get some feel for what's coming at him uh, on Sunday. He should be good to go. And I, I actually think this is a really good matchup for him because I don't see Cooper Cup as being one of those super quick and shifty receivers. He's just real, real crafty and learning how to get open and uh, exploit holes in the okay. coverage. So I think if they put him in man-to-man on Cooper Cup, I think he has the advantage on that one because he's he's quicker, more shiftier, and he can make plays on the ball. So as long as no blown coverages come, I think he'll be able to handle Cooper Cup. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, think, I think this was huge uh, for him to come in on Thursday. One, it just shows that uh, he, he's, he's in for the game plan and that he uh, could uh, end up playing on Sunday because Thursdays, like McCray said, are all about secondaries. You know, extra two-minute drill, extra team pass drills. So uh, for him to go out there and, and practice a little bit shows that he's probably on the right way to uh, playing on Sunday. But uh, he, he, he definitely is going to need um, his, all his health when he goes against Cooper Cup. I mean, this is a guy, like McCray said, he's not very fast. He's not very quick like Cole Beasley, but he's extremely just savvy. He, he knows how to kind of push off slightly with that elbow or kind of create space because he's not that fast against the slot defender. So he's definitely going to need all his health to be able to stick with uh, Cooper Cup out there. But the Dallas defense, um, to me, I think they need him. I mean, he, he might be the most... Yeah, I wouldn't say the most valuable piece, but definitely in the oh. secondary. <laughs> definitely in the secondary, in my opinion. He's, he's one of the most valuable guys, even with the addition of uh, Tavon Diggs. I mean, this is a guy, like I've said before, I've said all offseason, he's great against the run. He can blitz, and he can cover, you know, slot, you know, he can cover those slot receivers, which is not an easy task. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to get back in there because the Cowboys defense will definitely need him on Sunday. You guys are former players, so, so let fans – know about what a contract year means for a player. This is Jordan Lewis's last year under contract. He's not 100%. So when you're not 100% and you're in that contract year, how much do you push it? How much does a guy like Lewis push it out there or, does, or do they need to possibly push, put him on a pitch count here? Um, take me through that, guys. McCray? Uh, listen, I think it's a little different in all sports, but I don't think there's a true pitch count in, um, in football. Like once you get out there on the field, those injuries that you had and all that stuff, none of that, none of that really matters, right? So I think he's going to push it to the limit just, just because, like you said, he needs to perform. And when you play nickel, the, the, the opportunities sometimes may be limited, limited. So he might not have as many opportunities as, as, as the starting corners. So he's going to go out there and he's going to play as much as he can. And I'm sure with all that time off, he feels like he can go out there and make plays against anybody. So expect to see him out there as much as he can possibly play. Uh, yeah, for me, I think it's, it, it depends who you are. Um, I think if you're like, a, if you're like an A.J. Green, um, he can miss all this year. And if, it, if he was in a contract year, he could miss all this year. And then next year, somebody would still pay, pay him top dollar um, to perform. But if you're in a situation like, for example, myself, um, going into 2016 uh, was my contract year and I broke my forearm. Now, I could have, you know, had the surgery and sat out the rest of the year. But, you know, I felt like coming into the offseason, I wasn't going to get paid to what, what I did. So I ended up, you know, putting one of those big old casts on my forearm and, you know, try to make it work for these last couple games. Because, you know, I wanted to hit free agency with good tape under my system or good tape under my belt to, uh, to end up getting paid. So. I just think it, it comes down to who you are and uh, what position you're in. And if I'm Jordan Lewis, I'm thinking he's going to probably go, you know, uh, all out this season so he can get a max pay when uh, his contract is up. How much do you believe Jordan Lewis is excited to play for Mike Nolan? Because we know Chris Richard wanted and liked taller cornerbacks. 
I just felt that while he wasn't six foot six one, this kid just when they put him out there, I thought Lewis performed well as a defensive back. Church. Uh, I think I think he should be extremely excited. I mean, if he if he knows anything about um, Mike Nolan's defenses, he knows that they have you know multiple looks to him, and he'll send anybody from anywhere. I mean, he might send a field corner, which is you know when we say field and boundary corners, those are where the corners that's into the boundaries on the short side of the field, and the field corner obviously has most of the field over there. So um, Mike Nolan, he'll send guys from every different direction, and that's one of Jordan Lewis's great abilities is for him to blitz. So um, like you said, this guy uh, last year, Chris Rashard like the taller corners and he was shorter but he was a ball magnet out there and he seemed to always be around the ball and always making plays so if I'm him I'm I'm super excited going into this uh, opportunity with coach Nolan yeah same thought here and then playing in a slot you really don't have to be as tall so I mean that's a little different for him uh, this year I don't really know much about Christian Shore but I know I know that he wanted to put guys out there who were going to make plays, especially the position that they were in at the end of the year where turnovers were, were a must and they, were, they weren't coming as much as they, as they hoped. They were going to put anybody out there who could make some plays. So they saw that in Jordan, and he was able to carry that over into this next coaching staff. So he's going to get out there. He's going to start, and I think he's going to be that same ball-hawking guy, blitzing off the edge, uh, sack force fumbles. I think he's going to make plays everywhere, and this will be a big year for him in the contract year. All right, uh, we spoke about this a little bit yesterday in terms of guys we were most excited to see and guys who needed a breakout 2020 season. We did not mention Tank Lawrence there at all, but what are the expectations for the highest-paid cowboy in history to come back off a season in which he had five sacks and now, in my opinion, has two guys that are better should be better collectively on the other side of him in Alden Smith and Everson Griffin. Robert Quinn last year, really good, 11 and a half sacks, got a nice contract from uh, the, the Chicago Bears to leave town here. But I really like the fact of what's on the other side for Tank Lawrence. So you guys give me your opinion on what you expect from Tank Lawrence this year. McCray, I'll start with you. Now, I might be a little biased because I'm a, I'm a big fan and uh you know, I, I like Tank, so I'm going with nothing less than 14 sacks from him this season just because I think he's really, really hungry and he's been hearing all the noise about what he was, what happened to him last year with just putting up five sacks, even though I say that that was a lot on the defense and not being able to stop the run and get in those situations that allowed him to really get into the pass rush. With the change this year, I think we'll be able to cover long enough for him to make all the plays that he made that actually got him paid. So I'm expecting big things from Tank this season, especially right. with the help that he has on the other side. So nothing less than 14. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go a little bit less. I'm going to go a little bit less. I'm going to say he's working with around you know, 11, 11 and a half sacks um, for the season, which is still, to me, a great number out there. Um, I think um, he'll do most of his damage um, with helping other people get off. So I think, you know, the offensive lines will all be focused on him as they should. I mean, he's a, he's a perennial Pro Bowl type guy. And I think the, the offensive lines will be forced to go towards him, which will open things up for the Alden Smiths, the Don Terry Poles, the Tyrone Crawfords out there. So I think he'll make his presence known in the backfield as far as, you know, sacking the quarterback maybe 11, 11 and a half times. But I think he'll be more of a, or a disruptor back there in the backfield and also open things up for his fellow teammates. Let, let me piggyback off, off what Church just said, just so I can clear it up, because I saw Nui's face when I said 14. 
I see <laughs> I see that we that we have a bunch of guys out here that can rush the passer. And like Church said, the offenses, the offensive line probably will be turning toward tank. But I think with the guys that we have and Nolan being creative as he as as he plans to be with this season. A lot of times you will see two defensive ends on the same side to free up some one-on-ones for Tank and whoever lines up at possibly the three or inside, right? So you won't always see defensive tackles, uh, uh, defensive ends lined up on the end. You'll see them lined up on the inside as well so they can create those mismatches and one-on-ones. You know what? You ready for this? You ready for this, McCray? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my tank sack number. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Oh. Go ahead, man. Cause, cause, cause he, the, the, the noise I was talking about was coming from you last year, but go ahead. Go ahead. Let me hear it. Let's get the drum roll. 12. <laughs> 12. I'm going to put okay. it down for All 12. Right. <laughs> okay. I All right. uh, had a real good conversation with DeMarcus Ware, his, his new gym three volt. And he told me that, he had helped Tank in his contract negotiation with Jerry Jones. He said he ended up telling him, he said, look, you need to go to Jerry to go get this thing done. And he knew that Tank wasn't going to have a big season last year because of the shoulder. And DeMarcus said, I know because I went through it twice. He said, you couldn't really have that kind of injury and be the kind of pass rusher you want to be to get your moves off and execute. So he knew DeMarcus was going to have a down year. And so he says now he's healthy and he expects him to get back to it. So if this guy is going to be left one-on-one, I mean, if, if, if Smith plays the way we think and Griffin is playing the way he thinks, my goodness gracious, you know, there's going to be some one-on-one opportunities. And if, if Tank Lawrence is healthy the way we, we believe he is going to be, oh, he can get 12 because you're picking poison right now. I mean, that's the end of the day. They're going to start having to pick poison. And if, okay, and if this Cowboys offense can put up 30 a game, mm-hmm. and Mike McCarthy's mm-hmm. spoken about it, well, he hopes that, hey, look, our offense is putting up the numbers and that, and we get in the, and you get in the fourth quarter and then the Cowboys are, you know, just getting off and trying to get to that, get to the quarterback because that other team has to throw to get back in. That's how you start to pick up, you know, your, your two, three extra sacks a game as a unit and then it's just a matter of who gets them. Smith gets one at the end. Is it Griffin getting one at the end? Is it Tank? So I think 12 sacks for Tank Lawrence in this defense because it's not going to be as predictable as it was last year I don't think that is out of range right here so there you go McCray how about that huh shocking you huh shocking you huh? you did you did you did because I, listen I, I thought you was going lower in church and I'm just you know I'm sitting at 14 I'm glad you met somewhere in the middle but that's good way, way, way to play the fence well, look, I'm, I'm just talking to a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame all right who, who's done it in this league so when DeMarcus Ware is talking to me about guys getting after the quarterback and what he expects that I'm going to buy because he absolutely understands it. And I look at the work he did with Vaughn Miller and helping Vaughn Miller unleash you know that Super Bowl season in which Vaughn won the won the MVP of Super Bowl 50. So I mean, we talk about a guy that understands what it is and the fact that he knew he knew Tank wasn't going to have the year he was going to have last year because of the shoulder injury and he's back healthy now. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to buy what DeMarcus is selling because DeMarcus Ware understands the position. So I'm going to go ahead, put down 12. And I love the fact that there's help on the other side. So that right there should help the Cowboys. And if the Cowboys can get their sack numbers up to me, that's one of the biggest issues to me. Two big issues for this team has been the fact that they don't get enough sacks and interceptions. So if they can create some turnovers to get to the quarterback, then the Cowboys will have an opportunity 
to meet the expectations that so many people have for this football team. And, and to me, the biggest expectation is just win your division. Win your division, and then you start, you know, you're able to start, you know, taking yourself and going where you want to go. But it starts with trying to win the East. And I think the defensive front here for the Cowboys are going to be much improved from what we've seen the past few seasons. So there, there, there you go. Everybody happy with that? You good with that? <laughs> happy. Super I happy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, Football tonight, Kansas City against Houston. What are some matchups you guys are looking forward to when these two teams meet on NBC tonight? Church? For me, I mean, I got I to gotta look at the, the $160 million man back there. I mean, we all know how spectacular he is on the field. I mean, this guy, I mean, we've seen it in the playoffs versus the Bills. When he, when he magically, I don't know how he pulled that Houdini trick he did, but he got out of the sack, got the first down, they ended up getting the victory. So, for me, it's all about Deshaun Watson tonight. He's going against the defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, on the biggest stage, Thursday night football, I mean, you can't pretty much expect anything else but a big-time game. So I'm hoping that uh, he comes through and uh, provides a W for the uh, Houston Texans because I do not need uh, Mahomes doing big numbers today. <laughs> I need Houston to just shut them down. And so I'm looking forward to Watson doing big things. What about you, McCray? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I would say the battle of the quarterbacks, but I, I really don't think that it's even because I think the Chiefs just have so much more firepower than, uh, than the Texans do. So I, for me, it's an eye test. It's, it's an eye thing just to see what – an expensive quarterback looks like. What what is the play of that of, of, of a hundred million dollar, hundred and sixty million dollar, five hundred million dollar guy? What does it look like, right? What type of plays, what type of decisions do they make coming out uh, in game one? And I'm really looking forward to seeing David Johnson. I want to see if he can, uh, you know, if, if he can make some things happen uh, in this in this in this new team and new system that he's in, right? Because he was he was a baller up there in uh, in Arizona. Then he went through some injuries. Then he got traded. So I want to see if he can rejuvenate his career here in uh, in Houston. Because other than that, I don't think Deshaun Watson has much to much to play with on the offensive side of the ball. I like what you said about David Johnson. I'm going to be looking at there as well. David Johnson had a good camp. Talked to a couple of Houston people down there. They said he's been looking good at camp. And Johnson is saying, hey, look, I, I, I'm, I can be what I was a few years ago. But how many times have we heard guys in all professional athletics wanting to talk about, you know, hey, I could be as good as I was that particular great season two, three, four years ago. So let's see uh, what he can do. But we know this, he'll have the opportunity because <laughs> – Mm -hmm. They're going to feed him. They're going to feed him the football. So what does David Johnson do in the run game, which will help out Deshaun Watson? And then uh, from another Houston standpoint, what does our old friend Brandon Cobb do? Randall Cobb do? Because Ooh. Randall Cobb, in my opinion, can be a safety blanket. Because that's one thing that Watson had with DeAndre Hopkins. He had the safety blanket. So I'm interested to see, can Randall Cobb have some chemistry with Deshaun Watson and kind of be that, that, that safety guy for him? So if, if the pocket breaks down a little bit, boom, Deshaun can just go out there and find Cobb. Because I think that we could see some chemistry there. Because I thought Randall Cobb last year was good for the Cowboys. He had at least three touchdowns called back last year. So That's I thought true. he had a very good season for the Cowboys. I like the professionalism of the player. And then on the other side for Kansas City, rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I know, Church, you know this Go Tigers. very well. He was sensational at LSU. Uh, Andy Reid and the GM Brett Veach are saying a lot of good things about the young running back. But for me, I want to see how he does in pass protection here because you cannot have your, your, your $500 million quarterback not being protected. So that's what I'm going to be interested to see is how much, how much run they give uh, the, the rookie tonight 
and how does he do in pass protection? Because if he can't protect Pat, that means you're going to have to put in Daryl Williams because you cannot afford to have Mahomes get hurt at all. So that's my take on what I'm looking at tonight. My LSU guy will protect the passer. He will catch passes, <laughs> and he will make plays in the running game, all right? This is what we do, Nui. You watched it. You've seen him play. It's, there's no issue here. He's going to be able to do whatever they ask him to do, and I'm sure they will not put him in any crazy situations to where he's trying to block a defensive end because they slid the line the wrong way. That will not be on him. So I expect to see big things from Clyde tonight. Well, hey, you, well, you did make a good point. Go, go ahead, Nui. Go ahead. No, no, Church. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. No, I, I was just saying, um, basically, I thought you did make a great point about Randall Carr. I forgot he had went down there to Houston, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, but he's an extremely smart quarterback, friendly player, so I can see him doing a lot of big things out there today. I might actually see Did anybody pick him up on our fantasy? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's gone. Oh, he's no, gone. Actually, he's I gone. think, I think, I think he's a free agent. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah, you can I'm pick him up. Go ahead. Go ahead and grab that. Make that, make that mistake that. just make, based well, on players' lives and go out there and get, and get, get skunked. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep in mind, too, Brandon, Brandon Cooks was on the injury report with a hamstring. So I don't even know if Brandon Cooks is going to be able to get out here and, and, and do his thing. So if, if Cooks isn't able to go, that obviously is, you know, you, you're going to have Kenny Stills out there. You'll have Cobb. Um, you got Will Fuller, who's a speedster. And if Will Fuller's healthy, I mean, here's a difference maker. So I, We'll see the if, ball. if this commit if this committee can can help uh, help Houston and also the linebackers. Who's going to pick up Clyde Edwards Alaire out of the backfield? I mean, the mismatch in Kansas City can throw at people, man. It's going to be it's going to be a fun thing to watch tonight. Hopefully, hopefully, it's a whole lot of points scored between both teams. Hopefully, listen, the honey badger will be taking care of Clyde Edwards Alaire, right? I, I, especially if you see the, the linebackers get taken advantage of, they, they'll put Tyron on them. Okay. All right. All right. Let's take another break right here on the Players' Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their Elevation Tumblers? And OtterBox Elevation Tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, 
and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer and a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. Back to the Players' Lounge. Players Lounge brought to you here on Thursday, game day Thursday, National Football League kicking off the 2020 season. Houston travels to Kansas City to take on the Super Bowl champions. All right, we are at our SWBC virtual homes doing the show. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. And we got two former Cowboys safeties, Barry Church and Danny McCray joining us. McCray, uh, you got some uh, some news here that uh, some of the Cowboy fans need to be uh, up yeah. on here about a virtual camp. Yeah, yeah. So to, to, to start our season, you know, the day before our first game, uh, you can sign up uh, for our first ever virtual camp and it's free. You'll get an hour of teaching. Uh, 30 minutes of that will be a question and answer with legendary cowboy Rocket Ishmael, right? So you can go sign up for that for free at www.dallascowboys.com slash academy. We also have a cheer camp, so any of you cheerleaders who want to get out there, it'll be the same thing with our current Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, Elena and Victoria. Sign up, the uh, spaces are limited, so we'll be looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Hey, when you see Rocket, ask him about that time O.J. Simpson was trying to get a hold of him during the Orange Bowl. So it, it, is, uh, it, it is pretty good story. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The description alone got me. Got me <laughs> I know. Who yeah. you say O.J. Simpson? Yes. <laughs> O.J. Simpson looking is, for you. Hold on. <laughs> now, this was back OJ? when O.J. was working. Yeah, O.J. was working for NBC, and NBC had the Orange Bowl, and Notre Dame was playing the national championship game against West Virginia. And, you know, Rocket was Rocket was – was the biggest thing in college football, the most exciting player in the sport. And so, but Rock didn't really like doing a lot of interviews. And so OJ Simpson was trying to track him down so he could, could get an interview. So he's like, and I think something along the lines like, you know, hey, it's the juice. That's how he referred to himself, the juice. Hold on, hold on. You trying to tell me the man when he called him, hey man, look, it's the juice. That's what he talked about. You sound like that Dave right, Chappelle right. joke. It's, the, the, it's the first time I met OJ. <laughs> yeah, now it's not oh, as good man. as the, the it's not as good as the Charlie Murphy stories with Rick James. Now it's not that good. It's not that good, but tell you, but it is it is good though. I tell you what, me and Danny got a got a story about the actor who uh, who played OJ. <laughs> in that, that television story. I, we'll, we'll tell you off the we'll tell you off the air though. But it, it was hilarious. Oh, say the goodie. Okay. We, we know why he's in trouble now. <laughs> we believe it all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, there was, when I lived in L.A., I used to live in the Valley, and there was a little Mexican restaurant down Ventura, about probably around Encino area, that he used to be at all the time. So, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> good old Q. Good old Rod Tillwell. Show me the money. Yes, yes. So, um, man, man of honor, man. He fooled me. He, fooled, he had me fooled. Uh, Oh, all the way fooled. All the way uh, fooled. <laughs> you know that that wasn't one of his better movies. I didn't. I, I mean, I, Man of Honor. I seen Q was a better. Uh, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I it's like Man of Honor, man. I like. Is that the one yeah, where De Niro was in there too? Yeah, that, that's what De Niro with the. He was uh, trying to be a Navy SEAL or uh, um, uh, a diver. My bad. Okay. Now he's been in some. He's been. Now, did you know he was in a few Good Men? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's in a few good men. The, the list of films that he has been in is pretty good. 
It's pretty good. But uh, yeah, he was in a he was in a few good men. A lot of people forget that he was in Boys in the Hood. I mean, that, that's one of those that people miss all the time. Really? My own train. Trey. Yeah. You must let me out the card, though. Let me out the card, though. Class, man. Class. And then he won the Oscar Best Supporting Actor for Rod Tidwell in, in Jerry Maguire. So um, that was a, that was an interesting uh, uh, victory for for Cuba Gooding Jr. here. So, um, but yeah, he's had some films in his career. So yeah, but 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 just ask Rocket to give you the whole. O.J. Simpson story when O.J. was trying to try to track him down because Rock didn't really want to do any interviews and so the juice, the juice called. See <laughs> I, got one. I got you. <laughs> and I don't know if he was wearing any of those old dingo boots or anything that he uh, he had. Uh, by the way, Forbes has come out with its annual list of the most valuable franchises in the National Football League and for the 14th year in a row, the Dallas Cowboys are number one valued at five point seven billion would it be five point seven billion dollars for Jerry Jones. Wow. Wow. Mm, the, the ultimate mm. businessman. I, I mean does anybody <laughs> know what he what he bought the franchise for back when he had first uh, got it? I wanna say maybe a hundred and ninety like million because yeah, it, was, he, it, was, it was close he, to two. And he turned and remember, it into five point five billion. He just didn't buy the Cowboys. He had to also buy Texas Stadium. And a lot of people at the time said Jerry was a fool to buy a stadium that you didn't want to be in the stadium game. A lot of teams at that time were renting their stadium. So they pay a buck, like, for instance, Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. So, you know, the, the city owned it. You didn't have to worry about it. So Jerry Jones not only had to run his football team, he had to figure out how do I take Texas Stadium and make this thing a moneymaker? Because when he bought the club, he was losing a lot of money. So it's about either $189 or $198 million, highest, highest price for a pro sports franchise back in 1989. And Jerry Jones really added a whole lot of sweets. I mean, that was a big thing that changed mm. the National Football League and where Jerry taught a lot of his owners how to make money. Own your own stadium because then you get to pay yourself. You get to keep all the parking, all the concessions. And then he added more suites there. They shared the ticket revenue, but the suite money, a team was able to keep for themselves. And so that was the whole thing that not only did you see in football, you see it in basketball, every in hockey, everybody wants to add suites. That was Jerry Jones going overdrive over there. And, and Jerry really, and when you talk about why he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a contributor, Jerry taught his owners, fellow owners, how to make money. One of the things that, Art, that, that made a guy the, like the late Art Modell, who I got to cover and talk to in Cleveland, Art did not like Jerry. But Jerry brought Pepsi as the in as the official soft drink of Texas Stadium. So other owners were mad because at the time, Coke was the official drink. But Jerry's like, wait, wait, wait. Fine, Coke's the official drink, but this is my stadium. As a stadium, I get to cut my own deal. And so what you see all across the league now, what Jerry taught people, is that you could double dip. So there's an official beer, the NFL. Then there's the official beer for the stadium and, and for the team. Mm. And so look how many times you look up there, you see you know, the official car of the Dallas Cowboys, the official truck, the official phone provider. I mean, all these different things. Jerry was the guy who brought that to all the fellow owners. And now you see everybody's training camp is sponsored by somebody. That was Jerry Jones doing that. So he really turned this investment into, you know, uh, something we have never really seen before. And now, I mean, Barry, the team you you once played for, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that franchise is worth <laughs> over a billion dollars here. And I believe the yeah. price tag for that team, I want to say it was $132 million 
for that team when they when they when they got rolling back in the uh, in, in the late 90s. So uh, the NFL is big business, but nobody's making bigger businesses, Jerry, because he's got AT&T Stadium. You see what he's doing in Frisco with the headquarters. Everybody's trying to get into that game too. He's also got the real estate. So he's he's truly changed uh, American sports and even sports worldwide. What, what they're, where they're going to on Sunday, SoFi Stadium, that's Jerry. Jerry helped Stan Kroenke get out of St. Louis, built this thing, and I don't know if you guys remember it or not, but you had the Chargers and the Raiders who were looking at a site in Carson to build the stadium together. Jerry went ahead, scrapped that whole thing, and ended up having the Chargers go in with Stan Kroenke, and then Jerry helps leverage the deal to help the Raiders get a stadium out in Las Vegas because Mark Davis mm. was supposed to be working with Sheldon Adelson, the, the big casino guy out there. That deal blew up. So, bam, Jerry goes and makes some moves. Bank of America comes in, and there's a new stadium in Las Vegas. I mean, Jerry is the most powerful owner in the National Football League, and some people think he has more power and more juice than Commissioner Roger Goodell. But there, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, I know a lot about Jerry. <laughs> very well said. I mean, that was very well said. Dude. I was about to say, you talk, you talk about that juice. I just remember how, how mad Jerry was when he thought that uh, Roger Goodell wasn't going to suspend Zeke. Goodness gracious, I mm. thought it was going to be a fight. <laughs> I thought they was going to go to blows over there. And Jerry was trying to hold, that, hold up that extension, too. I mean, Jerry was not happy, <laughs> not happy about it. And, and when you go and you kind of look at how they have done their, their quote-unquote justice, uh, they did Zeke dirty because they, they, they make it up as they go. Um, six games. Uh, you even had the person who investigated it said that, you know, they didn't think that it was worthy of suspension. So uh, how they did Zeke was, was not, that, that was dirty. Then the lady who ended up with the, giving the suspension, she's a Giants fan. So that was always one of those shady things that I looked at for, for Jerry. And I say, you know what, man, I, I, I get the understanding on that. But that's something else with the NFL. In my opinion, the NFL's got to be smarter than that. You're out here suspending Tom Brady games for deflating footballs and Zeke Elliott. I mean, for, for I mean, you know, what like Zeke ended up getting jailed or even arrested on this? I mean, why are you taking away the the guys that people tune in to see each week? You know, people want to see Tom Brady. They want to see Ezekiel Elliott. You can't be out here just suspending guys on some when it's random goofy stuff that has disputable evidence there. I mean, you got to have these guys out here on the football field, which is also, in my opinion, one reason why we've seen them really relax the standards on marijuana use. You know, why do you want to sit up here and suspend your players if they're not there on Sundays when you're out here trying to get ratings, trying to get yourself a new TV deal? You want your guys here. And many states allow guys, and not just guys, allow their citizens to smoke marijuana because the citizens have passed the law there. So the NFL is getting a little bit better about these suspensions here. And, and that's, uh, that, that, that's a good thing. But Jerry's been at the forefront of that as well with his displeasure. And, and he's also wanted to have the rules relaxed about marijuana because, hey, look, we all know there's plenty of guys in this league that, that you know, that, that smoke marijuana. And so why, why are you going to go out here suspending guys when it's legal in so many states? That's it's just true. goofy to me Very about true. how they've been operating it. True. I mean, I remember that Seattle game when, when, when Ezekiel Elliott, there was video. I don't know if it was TMZ that he went to a dispensary. Oh. <laughs> and that became big news. Yeah. It was like, ah! So I had to, the next day, my TV boss had me do a story on it. I was like, Really? I got a story on this, so we had to go down to the dispensary place mm, and talk mm, to the mm. owner. And the owner ended up, you know, he told, yeah, he was here. And the owner was cool about it, but I, I just sat, and Zeke said, you know, I, I was just with a friend tagging along. And I just thought, 
this is what it's come to. We're really worried about what guys are doing here. And that's uh, a story. Like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so that that's uh, that's uh, that's that's what it was. So, all right, fellas, uh, give me a winner for tonight. By the way, as we get ready to, to, to head out the door here, Church, Houston Texans, thirty-one to seventeen. Whoa, nice. I got the Kansas City what? Chiefs 41, 41 to 21 uh, in, a, in, a, in a blowout. 41-21 Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, make sure y'all tune in and watch the uh, national anthem tonight. It'll be a little different and it'll also be different to see the uh, stadium without as many fans. All right, give me a um, 40 to 28 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs or nine and a half uh, point favorites with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes putting up some numbers here uh, on these two defenses. So I'm looking forward. I think these offenses are going to be good tonight. So I'm excited. Football is back. So make sure we're watching that. And uh, Danny, go ahead and th- throw in a little Dallas Stars while you're out there, man. Go ahead, flip on over. Yeah, to yeah, the home team, I, yeah. Really I'll see if I can fit it in, man. I got, I got, I got to watch Serena and LeBron though. <laughs> okay. Hey, we're mixing it all in. We're going to mix it all in right there. Hey, that is the Players' Lounge. We're back tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. He is Barry Church, Danny McCray. I'm Newey Scruggs. Thank you so much for watching DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-